Blog Talk Radio. Tonight is raining cats and dogs here in Cincinnati, Ohio. Uh, but anyway, thank you all for tuning in to The Clown Out. This is your boy, Scott Burks. Also created a sports blog called The Clown Times, the clown spelled with K. You can find me on the web at www.theclowntimes.net. And you can find me on Facebook. Just go to the search window, whether you're in a smartphone, laptop, desktop, whatever. <clears throat> Excuse me, just type in The Clown Times. Again, that's clown spelled with K. You can find me there as well. Got lots to get into in this uh, once a week podcast. We're going to get into the. Uh, we'll be recapping the NFL draft. We'll be also talking a little NBA playoffs, and uh, also unveil my inaugural. It took me three weeks to do this, but inaugural Game of Thrones power rankings. I actually like submitted a blog post today, like giving my rankings in detail, and instead of like going like. In Senate order, I'll go into Senate order just to be able to see the suspense in case you all hadn't taken a look at it yet. But excuse me, at any rate, um, my co-host Dwayne Nash, he'll be he'll be joining us soon. Uh, if you don't know him, but uh, but now he's actually uh, the creator of the sports ball called that's um, Sle- um, sports. Uh, that's his podcast. But, but at any rate, uh, the Yard slash HBCU Sports, where we rest for all things HBCU Sports. As well as the aforementioned Sleazy Radio, which is with coaching the crew uh, every every week on uh, Facebook Live. I think it's every Tuesday night, so I'm probably wrong about that. Uh, at any rate, to <laughs> to speak of the devil, he's going to probably like like correct me on the matter. But uh, good evening, D. How you doing, Scott? Man, I am doing well. And to answer your question, yes, we're back finally to Tuesday nights on a regular basis. Nice. For now. Nice. Well, there you go. Well, for now. It's stressful. Oh, that's so funny. Uh, but, um, oh, yeah, one last question, um, a dumb question. Like, people can find you, like, through Facebook, right, through the Sleazy Radio Facebook page. Is that correct? Yes, you can find us. That's S-L-Z-E Sports. Um, you can find our Facebook uh, page there, and that's where we broadcast all of our shows on Tuesdays. Great. Great, great. It's great to know. Thanks, thanks for that. Um, let's go right to it, brother. I mean, this is a weekly, once a week podcast. We kind of like get the avalanche effect of all the sports news that's been going on for the past week. But um, I want to touch on the NFL draft right quick. Um, I'm sure, like you, like me, and everybody else in the country, most of us in the country, are paying attention to the first round of the draft Thursday night, this past Thursday mm-hmm. night, and I, I know. That you weren't the only. I was the only one scratching my head at the Giants picking number six. 
one Daniel Jones from Duke University. Look, I mean, look, I mean, it's 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 a it's a this draft in general is a straight up crap shoot. We don't know who the hell's going to pan out. We don't know who the hell is going to actually be a bust. Okay, for all exactly. we know, Kyler Murray could be a bust. You know what I'm saying? But mm-hmm. the thing is, is this: it's, it's all to me. It's all about value, right? I mean, mm-hmm. I, I there's a, there's many people, including yours truly, believe that Daniel Jones would have been there with the Giants' second first round pick at number seventeen. In fact, yes. a lot of people didn't have Daniel Jones rated in the top five quarterbacks. Five. Okay, mm-hmm. and definitely behind uh, Dwayne Jarrett, which who went to your beloved Redskins. We'll get to him in a moment. But uh, yeah, I mean, do you want do you do you have any idea what the fuck uh, general manager Dave Gettleman is doing <laughs> in New York? Because I don't. You know what? Either this dude is crazy, or he's crazy like a fox. Either everybody in the world <laughs> is is right. Or he's the only man in the world that's right. And that's the thing. We won't necessarily find out until he gets an opportunity to play on in this team for a couple of seasons. Right. And, you know, and, and right. we can't even really grade him after year one. He has to get some time to get acclimated to the system, whether or not he can or not. And, and also, whether or not he can handle the ills that is New York City. That's a whole other monster that right. another – player may or may not have to deal with outside of, sure. you know, if you're playing for the Jets. But it's just interesting because, like you said, um, Daniel Jones wasn't high on a lot of people's um, mock drafts in, in terms of, one, positioning, and two, even quarterbacks as a whole. So for him to be the second QB taken, it, it, it's very reminiscent to Mitch Trubisky a couple of seasons ago when the Bears yeah. showed up to get him at that spot. That the thing, good. though, I, mm-hmm. yeah, but you know what? I will say this. Mitch is <clears> starting <throat> to look better, in my opinion, with the Bears. Okay. Now, I don't, I don't think he'll be Aaron Rodgers or Tom Brady, but what he is sure. becoming is serviceable within that offense. If he can continue to, to go on that trajectory, and 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 continue to improve. Mm-hmm. I mean, he he will be in the lights of what this that organization has seen in terms of like a Jim McMahon. He won't be the best QB okay. to come out of to be in that organization. I'm not talking about Trubisky, but he should right. be respectable, especially if that defense continues to stay stout, if that running game continues to um, improve, and if that receiving core. Thinking to get better. If all those things stay pat or even improve, I think Trubisky will improve, and and that's one of the things that you have to take into consideration with Daniel Jones. I don't know necessarily he if he's going to be one of those QBs that makes the team around him better, but if the mm-hmm. parts around him get better and he's is flatlining, then we can go ahead and laugh at this pick. But until then, until this dude gets some time. Within the program, you know, and 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 gets a, an opportunity to develop, we really can't call it yet. Mm-hmm. But you're right; this is a head scratcher uh, based upon what we know right now. I just have a fundamental problem with taking the drafting the quarterback 
so in the first round, let alone number six, whose mm-hmm. last regular season game was a 59-7 to ass kick in the Wake Forest. They got beat yes. by Wake Forest at home. This is not Clemson. Hell, it's not even no. NC State or Syracuse Wake. who won ten, like ten games. It was it was freaking yeah. Wake Forest at that in yeah. term. They beat them fifty nine to seven, and you dropped that dude at number six. Really? Dude, this is what gets even better. He wasn't even Uh-oh. the sixth best quarterback in his conference, but yet he was the sixth best pick. That's right. Coming out of this draft, really. Is that what that is? Okay, I guess. But, um, you know, I, I just find that to be a head-scratcher. Same thing with Trubisky again. Um, he was, Trubisky was beaten out of the starter spot by a guy who's not even right. in the NFL. So it's one of those things, man, you know, yeah. unfortunately, you know, it, it, it looks weird. But the, the funny part is, and I guess we're about to get to it in a minute, is the fact that yeah. – uh, the GM said that there were other teams clamoring for Jones and looking to take him before That's the 17th shit. spot. That's why they – and you know what? You know what's funny about it? The, the Skins have already come out as an organization and said, dude, don't don't, don't put your, your – don't try to throw us under the bus. There's no in the world that we thought that that dude was, um, was viable to take at 15. So I don't know where you got your intel, and I don't know who these other organizations are that they tried to say – um, we're looking to potentially draft him, but um, we've already had one team come out and say no, it wasn't us. So, dude, you you mentioned the fifth, he wasn't even the third best quarterback in his own league. Ryan Finley, who was drafted in the fourth round by the Bengals, who I think got a steal, a big time mm-hmm. steal. Andy Dawes is should I should be on the clock. Um, he he wasn't better than Ryan Finley. He wasn't better than obviously. He's not even better than the, than the true freshman at Clemson, Trevor no. Lawrence. It wasn't, no. He's definitely not better than him. And you know, and you know, I could just go on like 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 in the conference. I mean, he wasn't better than uh, Eric. Um, I forgot his name. Like the quarterback at uh, Syracuse. I don't think he's better than him. That's exactly who I was thinking about. I like that dude. I just know that he wasn't NFL ready. But yeah, he wasn't even better than him. That's right. All because so, his friends were Peyton old... Manning, yeah, and, and, and Eli Manning, is. and he went to their camp. That's that's all that is. Yeah. That's a Dave Cut Cut. That's a that's a Manning slash Dave Cutcliffe effect. Now yes. you know Dave Cutcliffe. He's he's a great coach. The, the way he's doing more with less is is out, nothing sort of outstanding. But that kid is not worthy of the number six overall pick. Man, when I when I heard that selection, I was like, "What the what?" Giants fans like crying over social media. Oh, Joe yeah. Budden, you know the hip hop guy. You know he's a big time Giants fan. He slumped. <laughs> he has a video of him <laughs> slumped over, and he didn't say a word because maybe because there's too many people around. But on on Twitter, man, he went off on the f bomb later, just just tirade, and and I, I don't blame him. I don't blame him. And, and, you, and you know what else, man? The, one of the funniest things thing is that um, there's, a, there's a meme going out, and I'm not sure you are familiar with or either care to admit that you're familiar with the website, the porn website, pornhub.com, but there's like a picture of, of, of a caption that says, 
NFL GM really fucks team. And it has a picture of Dave Gelman <laughs> giving this press conference. We're like, with the play button. We're about to come on. That, that's just how Wow, and it was on Pornhub? That is hilarious. Yeah, yeah, that, that, that was just outstandingly funny. Um, but the point <laughs> is, is that I, it's, just, it's just a total head scratcher. And, again, if, if, and, and I'm not pulling against Jones. I'm not hating on Jones. I hope the young man does well, for mm-hmm. Gelman's sake. Because what has happened in this offseason, he, 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 he gave away, um, he gave away uh, uh, um, Odell Beckham, mm-hmm. let your boy, like the safety who signed with, signed with your beloved skins, out the door. Yeah. And he still employed Eli Manning. Didn't care to fix the offensive line. No. <laughs> yeah. It's going to be a long season in, 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 in MetLife Stadium. It really is. But uh, speaking of other intriguing picks, I like to pick – I like what my – and I'm going to sound like a homer, but I love what my <laughs> beloved Steelers did. They did what they normally do not do, and that's become aggressive in the draft. They traded up from number 20 to number 10, if, I, if I'm not mistaken, to select yes, – I call them the other Devons, Devin Bush from Michigan. That was an awesome pick. I would prefer the other Devin, Devin White out of LSU. He's a freaking stud. But Devin Bush mm-hmm. is not a slouch. He's 5'11", but he can fly and he can hit. And we need that. We, we totally need, need, needed that because we haven't been able to fill the shoes of Ryan Shazier. Then again, not many people who are Ryan Shazier could, like, do what he does and, like, run to 4'340 and can hit. And can cover uh, tight ends and stuff, but yes, I mean this kid is maybe the closest thing, and he's a bona fide leader. I watched him a lot at Michigan. I mean, he'd be living in Big Ten country in Cincinnati, Ohio. Dude's a stud, and that was a great pick for my beloved Steelers. So, who, who, would do you have any other intriguing picks that you picked up in the first round? Oh man, I have several intriguing oh, picks, shit. not just within the first <laughs> round, but throughout, throughout the entire yeah. draft. These are all, you know, picks that when they were made, I was like, hmm, okay. Where either I might not have liked the pick and thought to myself, okay, that GM knows something I don't know, or, mm-hmm. wow, that was a steal. So these these picks, and I'm going to do them in order in which they were made. So just follow with me for a little bit. I'm not going to go into yes, too much detail, yes. but, you know, I'm, okay. I'm going to just go through this as quickly as possible. Number one. Being, well, taking at the number four spot, fourth overall, of course, Cleveland Farrell uh, to the Oakland Raiders. You know, yes, they were in the GN, you know, yes, out of Clemson. The, the thing that I, 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 I kind of scratched my head with was I knew they needed an edge rusher, right? And they probably right. could have gone with a well, with a an alleged better edge rusher, maybe like a Josh Allen, but – I thought it would have been real tough to take an edge rusher at that spot, knowing that that was the pick or one of the picks that was used in order to get um, uh, 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 to let go of Khalil Mack. And that pick was always going to be compared to Khalil Mack. Hopefully, Farrell pans out, excuse me, and ends up being as good as Mack, because if he doesn't, sure. he's going to have to hear about it and the Raiders are going to have to hear about it for a very long time. So that was yeah, one of them. Yeah, Yeah, neither do I. So, you know, that's why I'm, I'm like, okay, that's a head scratcher. 
Another one that was a head scratcher to me, um, Darnell Savage at 21 um, out of Maryland to, uh, to, to the Green Bay Packers. You know, I thought that this was a guy that could be a day two guy. Um, you know, of course, yeah. being here in the D.C. area um, and knowing, of course, Maryland alums and guys who are Maryland fans, they love Savage. They always said that he found his way around the ball often, so he is a ball hawk. The thing is, though, I think that Green Bay probably, if they really wanted him, could have taken him at 30 or maybe even in the second round at 44. I thought taking him at 21 was rather high, especially for a team that needs, needs running back help and a team that is not ranked higher than 27th in terms of rushing attempts dating back to 2016. So I thought they could have went and taken Josh Jacobs at 21 and gotten Savage later. But, you know, who am I? I'm not a GM. So it is what it is. Right. Um, moving on, another one of the picks that, that I was like, oh, okay. Fourth round, and, and I'm to my own team's horn or question uh, their selection in this one. Bryce Love going in the fourth round to Washington mm-hmm. um, with that 10th pick in that round. Not addressing an immediate need for a team that needed to address a lot of needs. That's why I'm kind of scratching my head there. But if Bryce turns out to be what he was last season, well, not this past season, of course, because he was hurt, but the season prior, right. a Heisman Trophy candidate, still. you know, it's a steal at the fourth, especially in a situation where a league that normally ends up, well, not normally, but a league that now runs two-back situations, he will be great with guys, especially after he comes back in a year where <clears throat> AP probably won't be there next year. Um, Chris Thompson, depending upon whether or not he has another injury plague season this season coming, he may not be back next year. So it's great to have a guy already in the fold that you think would be a potentially great back, um, even though some people think that they could have taken him in the fifth round. But, you know, it is what it is. They went ahead and selected him. But I thought that that was um, a great pick and probably could have been made later, maybe not. But another one, sixth round, actually seventh round. I'm, I'm telling you, I'm going deep with these, man. God, where mm-hmm. is he? Uh, 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 really deep, deep down in, 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 in the annals, man, in, in, in the crates, if you will. You know, like when – when people like dig in the in the crates in the record store, like let, uh, like to get that one beat to sample. Uh, oh yeah, oh yeah. <laughs> like, before before I even go to the seventh round, I almost forgot. Greeny Williams is another one of those picks where I was like, yeah, hmm, he's so relatively yeah. deep. And, and and yeah, like you know, there were a lot of people who saw him being a a, a day one corner at worst, yeah. probably the the fifth best corner to go in the draft with a guy that would be going day one. For him to go day two, and he was the fifth corner taken in day two, and going to Cleveland, that may be their replacement to Joe Hayden if that pans out, if that works, dude. Once again, the Browns come away with one. you know. But I just want to know yeah. what the GMs were thinking in order for, for Greedy Williams to uh, to fall down as low as he did. But here are my last two intriguing picks. First and foremost, going to Washington out of your alma mater, NC State. Wide receiver, yes. uh, what's his name? 
God, God. No, I was about to call it the wrong name. Look at me. And I'm looking at the wrong. Small. I know what you're talking about. God, I hate God, that. What is... I don't know off the top of my head. He was one of my best players last year at State. Man, oh, man. Where but anyway, is that? Yeah. Well, yeah, the fact that he fell as deep as he did, right? And a lot of people saw him mm-hmm. as, as a steal going in the seventh round to Washington. Um, you know, he's 6'2", 225. He's not the fastest receiver, but he's a very right. physical receiver. And he reminds a lot of people of either Mohamed Sanu or Pierre Garçon. If he turns out to be Pierre Garçon, I'm doing backflips. Um, Kelvin, Kelvin Harmon. Kelvin Harmon. No, yes, he Kelvin was taking it in the Kelvin. sixth round. That's what it was. Yeah. So, yeah, yeah. Kelvin Harmon uh, going in the sixth round out of NC State. A lot of people think that that was a huge steal for Washington. And the most intriguing pick for me based upon where he was taken, pick number 230 to the Oakland Raiders. It was so funny. Mm-hmm. I don't know if you were watching NFL Network or not in the seventh round or not, but Mike Mayock, of course, who used to be with NFL Network, NFL Network, they do a thing during the draft that is called Stuff the Truck. They call out, they call out um, prospects' names, and wanting to see if their production truck has footage of said guy, right? So when mm-hmm. the Raiders pick, Mike Mayock calls up, and he says, yeah, I want to know if you have a particular player, you know, footage of this particular player. And they're like, uh, no, I don't think we do. Why? It's like, yeah, because I'm about to make him mm-hmm. a, a, a 230th pick. Well, make him the 230th pick of this year's draft. And his name is? Quentin Bell out of Prairie View A&M. You should have known I was going to put right. one HBCU guy in there somehow, some way. But <laughs> of the four HBCU guys taken, this is the one that intrigues me the most. The other three, one being Titus um, Howard, who was taken by uh, the Houston Texans in the first round. I applaud yeah, him for going in the first round. Very. But first HBCU got to be the goal in the first round since 2008. Um, that's uh, – uh, Dominique Rogers Cromarty out of Tennessee State. Then, of course, we had uh, uh, Gerald Johnson out of A&T going to Buffalo in the seventh round. Um, Joshua right. Miles out of Morgan State going to – God, I forgot where he's going. But after – well, actually, before that pick was Quentin Bell. Now, for those who don't know who Quentin Bell is and for NFL Network for not having um, a, a, a film on this dude, he's a 6'4 edge rusher. But he's six four, two seventeen. So he's a lightweight as an edge rusher. Why is he so light? You ask. Because he's a converted wide receiver. He just started playing deep end this past this past season at Prairie View, where he was able to rack up seven and a half sacks. So he's very raw. Former wide he's receiver need the up seven and a half sacks in his only season as an edge rusher. I don't care what the yeah. competition is. Wow. Just wow. Exactly. So, you know, you you had that. And like I said before, he has the ability. Matter of fact, had he gone to the combine, because a lot of people talk about Montez Sweat, Montez Sweat. Yes, I'm glad he's here in D.C. And they talk about him and his speed and how fast he was. If Bell was invited to the NFL combine, he would have tied the all-time record 
for fastest defensive ends to participate in the NFL Combine at 4.38. You got to remember, four wide receiver, and he ran track at Prezi. So, yes, he is very fast. And we know the Raiders, what do they like? Fast, fast, fast. You think about Al Davis. And that is one of the things that intrigued both Mayock and John Gruden to draft this dude in the seventh round. Once again, it's a late seventh round pick. I was thinking that he may get picked up as an undrafted free agent. I didn't expect anybody to draft him. But, dude, 438 at the edge, and he's 6'4", if you can put some weight on this dude and teach him the fundamentals, I think that this dude can pan out. If not, you know, it is what it is. At least he gets an opportunity. Yeah. And I love the fact that he got that opportunity. And like I said before, that's one of the most intriguing draft picks to me that I know of out of this past draft. Dude, and, you know, you know, the strength will come with that kid. I mean, and, and like uh, like on any NFL uh, staff, I mean, any strength and conditioning the staff will, will put most of it on that guy. Uh, speaking of HBCU yeah. picks, I want to get your thoughts on Tyus Howard, and now I'll give my two cents right quick. Um, they mm-hmm. interviewed, they being uh, either ESPNU radio or NFL radio. I forgot which one. But at any rate, they interviewed the head coach of Alabama. I think he came from Alabama State, right? Yes, sir. Or Alabama A&M, I think. Yeah, yeah, Alabama, Alabama State. State. So they interviewed the Alabama State's head coach, and he told him straight up. He was telling, he was counting the story that he told Titus straight up about getting him workout ready. He's like, if you don't, I think he was doing the doing the Senior Bowl uh, festivities. Mm-hmm. But uh, he was saying that he was telling Titus that if you can't block any of these guys, you're not going to be drafted. Given that where you know where like where it came from, you know, what I'm saying the school it came from. Turned out, mm-hmm. not only that he blocked whoever he faced, apparently he did it pretty well. So, yes. which led him to, with his talent level, obviously he's a first round, he got drafted in the first round, so obviously the man could really, 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 really play. But if that mm-hmm. was, I guess, the difference, his performance in the senior bowl is, you know, it's a difference between him being drafted in the first round and possibly not being drafted at all, if you could believe that. So it's not like, just any type of, you know, soft landing spot for him as far as like a range, you know, typically you go from first to third round range. It was out of first round or nothing with this kid. But 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 give me your impressions right quick on Tyler Howe before we, we, we move on. I wanna just get your thoughts on him. Now, uh, yeah, okay, so now I don't know what his grade was before the senior bowl. But what I mm-hmm. do know is his grade by uh Daniel Jeremiah, the uh the the, uh, the 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 target scouting expert over at in, uh, uh, NFL dot com, he had him yep. at number fifty before the draft, which means which translates to me uh, a second round pick or better, depending upon the needs mm-hmm. of the teams above that fiftieth spot. So I saw him going in the second round, you know, third round at worst, right? That third round was the floor for me um, going into the draft. Now, when I saw him go in the first round to Houston, I was elated but confused at the same time. But I had to remember, you know, Houston was what? I think they were ranked like 27th in the league in terms of sacks allowed. You know, your boy yeah. uh, Deshaun Jackson got sacked a lot last year. And one of the things they wanted to go mm-hmm. ahead and, and sure up was the O-line. Now, Howard, like I said before, 
So as so seen as being the top 50 guy, if Houston really wanted him, he wasn't going to last by that second-round pick. So they needed to sure. go ahead and jump and jump early or either trade back to get him so they saw fit to go ahead and take him, uh, take him where they did uh, within the 20s. So I'm not mad at him. If that's what they saw of him, it is what it is. But I applaud him. Mm-hmm. I applaud that staff over at Alabama State. One of the things a lot of people don't know, this is the third guy from an offensive unit that played together in 2016 to enter into the NFL. The other two guys, uh, Jalen Ware, I think Jalen is currently in Buffalo. I, 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 mm-hmm. I, I, I can't remember right now. And Brandon Barnes, who's a tight end. So I guess you're going to say he's kind of like an old lineman. But Barnes played tight end, and uh, last I saw, he was in Detroit. So, yeah, you have three guys playing on that same O-line out of Alabama State. Oh, wow. That, that's almost some um, University of Alabama type stuff, you know, for, for three guys from the same unit to end up in the NFL awesome. uh, together. It, 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 for it to happen at an FCS school, let alone an HBCU, is highly awesome. Right. It's very rare that you hear about something like that. The last time I heard about something like that was um, Tennessee State. Actually, Tennessee State did it um, uh, a couple of years ago where they had two to three guys from that same offensive line unit to, to give it to the NFL. So, yeah, for it to happen, kudos to that program and kudos to Titus Howard, man. Shout out to him for, for everything he's done and, and, and his accomplishments so far. Okay, well, we're going to wrap up this segment, and that's good insight, by the way, on, on Titus Young. But we're going to uh, <clears throat> wrap up this, this segment on NFL Draft with going back to your beloved skins, and that's Dwayne Haskins. I thought that they, that was a great pickup, great pick for them. They, Alex Smith, I don't think he's going to play another down in the NFL again, and that's unfortunate. Mm. You know, he had the same type of injury on the same field as Joe Tyson mm-hmm. had. You know what I'm saying? And Joe Dodson retired. And so we, and, you know, I, I just, it doesn't look, look up Alex Smith. So they had to go for QB in the first round. Mm-hmm. Um, what's intriguing is, I don't know if you saw, and I'm sure you did, when, when, like, when, like, when the, like when the Giants drafted Jones, they panned to Haskins' expression. He just had a smirk on his face and kind of rolled his eyes. And with his phone, because apparently, uh, what I understand is that the Giants promised Haskins that he would that they would be take that he that they would take him once that once once that pick arrives only for them to to make this head scratching move and drafting Jones instead again the same young man who lost fifty nine to seven to Wake Forest at home but anyway <laughs> uh, the, 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 the biggest uh, I, I can't get over that I mean it called me petty but it happened fifty nine to seven happened no um, it, it happened and I completely understand exactly so <laughs> now. You have like people in Washington, and and hitch, and, and I and, and, and you know I hit you up with this early in the week, who are bellyaching over the fact that he, he being Haskins may be wearing Joe Theismann's number, because mm-hmm. of course Haskins wore number seven in college, and you know that numbers are a big deal to a lot of pro athletes, well hell athletes in general, and. Apparently, Jaisman gave him the blessing, his blessing mm-hmm. of wearing number seven. 
But you have all these sports media types just bitching and moaning about him wearing number seven, even though the number is not really – the Redskins, I understand, they don't retire numbers. So number seven, the number seven from Thaisen is not retired. And Mm -hmm. I I just don't don't get why people make a big-ass deal about this kid Wearing a legend's number, albeit a legend, that's was a legend. Don't, don't, no, don't get me wrong. But the man told, said, gave Haskins his blessing. Why the fuck is everybody making a big deal about? It? Why? Well, if I remember correctly, I think Washington, Oakland, and I think the Cowboys are the only teams that do not retire numbers. Dallas is the one that I'm, I'm questioning. I could be wrong about that, but I know for the sure. Steelers don't either, by the way. They don't retire numbers. They don't officially yeah, retire. See, they only have one that's retired. Yeah, see, and then you go. And, and, and technically, the Redskins do have one retired number, and that is 33 of mm-hmm. Sammy Ball. The other numbers yeah. are protected numbers. And these are all numbers of yeah. guys who are, who are great within the organization. Of course, nine doesn't go anywhere. That's Sonny Jurgensen. Of course, 42 doesn't go anywhere. That's, um, God, and, and, ooh, the fact that I called that out and didn't know off the top of my head. That's Charlie Taylor. 42 don't go nowhere. Yeah. Charlie Taylor. 43 don't go anywhere. That's Larry Brown. 44 don't go nowhere. That's John Riggins. 81, Art Monk. 28, Daryl Green. 7, uh, 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 Joe Theismann. 17, Doug Williams, even though it has been Doug worn Williams. once or twice since. Um, who else? Uh, 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 Twenty-one with uh, 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 Sean Taylor. So there's just certain numbers, numbers of the Hogs. Even though some of those numbers have been worn again too, there's just certain numbers that you know fans of this organization they do not want to see on the backs of anyone else. And I kind of understand because, of course, you have certain feelings attached to those numbers, but. I want the, uh, the the skins to do one of two things. Either shit or get off the pot, man. You either retire these numbers or you don't. Because I'm getting tired right. of every year when DJ Swearinger came to – actually, when um, when Ryan Clark came back to D.C., huge friend of, uh, 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 of Sean Taylor, played with Sean Taylor, wanted to wear 21, but the fans were in the uproar, didn't want him to – where so fine he didn't wear it. DJ Swearinger, mm-hmm. huge fan of uh, Sean Taylor when he came to DC a couple of seasons ago. They wouldn't let him wear it, so he wore Sean's first number of thirty six. Same thing with yeah. Landon Collins, the you know huge Sean Taylor Landon fan. Collins, so Matter of fact, yeah, uh, 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 Daniel Snyder even gave him an autographed Sean Taylor jersey. It was one of the last jerseys. Uh, Sean wore while playing before his uh, untimely murder, but they wouldn't mm-hmm. let uh, Collins wear 21. So, knowing the situation, being a D.C. native, if he didn't know it, his parents knew. So somebody was smart enough to say, hey, man, get on the blower, talk to Theismann, see what he says, and get his blessing or don't. He, and, and oddly enough, Theismann announced it. They weren't even talking about it. It just happened to come up in conversation, and Thasman kind of let it loose that he had, uh, he had talked to uh, Haskins yesterday 
and he gave them his blessing to wear the seven. So, and I'm just going to leave the organization that. What's that? So again, just let it be like that. Just let it be. Gamma's blessing. Exactly. Yeah, because like some dude called uh, DC local radio today, yelling and screaming, and even throwing out wrong facts, which I thought was hilarious too. He he was he was that 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 stereotypical sports radio talk guy, fan who likes to call in and yell about the ills or the greatness of his organization or his team, and, and he was that guy. Oh my God. No one should be wearing these numbers. Joe Theismann, no one should be wearing number seven. You know, he was a Super Bowl MVP. Wrong. He was not the Super Bowl MVP that year. It was John Riggins. Yes, I understand That's he right. was great during his time here. But don't be mad at a player who wants to wear his favorite number. Be mad at the organization for not retiring those numbers. Just either do it or don't, man. And don't complain when these players ask. Because after a while, man, they're not going to have numbers away. What are you going to do? Everybody can't be right. a great. And, and, and well, every, you can't hold every number. It just gets insane after a while. Yeah, just leave it alone. People should either get a girlfriend or get a life, period. I mean, it's. <laughs> I mean, I understand the attachment because, you know, that's the number you saw on your, your favorite player when they won. Yeah. And if you see that number start to fail. Imagine watching the number seven in, in Denver play quarterback, and he's trash. You're like, oh, my God. You, there's no way in the world you could do that to number seven in in uh, in Denver or number 12 in Pittsburgh. Right. Oh, my God. You can't yeah. be trash wearing number 12 in Pittsburgh. So I, I yeah. get it. Or number one, the number but the organization is going to have to exactly, – number 12 in Dallas, exactly. Yeah. So either yeah. retire these numbers, man, or don't and shut your mouth. Yeah, exactly. I mean, it is what it is. Speaking of people who complain a lot, talk about the Houston Rockets in <laughs> the NBA playoffs. Great transition. I mean, you know what? It, and, I, and I had the nerve to think that this series was going to go seven with Golden State. Hell, Golden State might sweep them. Because, yeah. I mean, it's no doubt in my mind that Houston could play with Golden State. They were actually one of the eight. Very small amount of teams, a very small handful of teams who could actually match up and play with Golden State. And then mm-hmm. the midst of unraveling before our very eyes, they bitched and moaned about the officials in game one. Even though, mm-hmm. uh, if I'm not mistaken, Harden went to the line several times in game one. And, yeah. and you know, they, 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 they actually – Called it pretty even in game two, but Houston was so out of so out of sight, out of mind upstairs. They actually they never led the entire game, and they still could have won if it not for them turning the ball a thousand times. Yeah, and you know it's it's just that they're they're self destructing. So it, it's I mean it's to me I didn't pick Houston to win the series anyway, but but mm-hmm. even so. There's no way in the hell they're going to win four games and four, four out of the next uh, uh, five games. Now against Golden State, I mean, and, 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 you know, in Golden State, they're a hell of a lot better road team than our home team. So if they don't exactly. mess around, if Houston doesn't mess, doesn't mess if, they, if they keep messing around, they're going to get their asses swept. I actually really believe that. This game three is huge. 
And I and I think Golden State's going to come out like gangbusters. And while I think that Houston is going to start getting some home cooking in terms of officiating, I, I just I just think that Houston has set themselves up to self-destruct right out of the playoffs. And this and that's and that'll be pretty messed up if that happens. You know what? Last week you asked me, Golden State on the field, right? Right. And I trepidatiously said Golden State. And then what happened? They lose one to the Clippers and take them a game to six. And I'm like, oh, here we go. I'm about to look bad taking Golden State, uh, you know, versus the field. And these guys are about to lose in the first round to the Clippers. But they yeah. they, they, they held on, right? Now, right. if Golden State continues to play the way that they're playing right now, and continue to have Houston make mistakes, especially uh, toward the end of the game, it's a possibility they do sweep. But I don't think it happens. I think Houston will take at least one here, and they may take one in G-State to kind of extend this out to six, hopefully. But, you know, if this thing go five, it's all on Houston because it's all mental mistakes. Yeah. You know, the, the complaints, the complaints on both sides. People are hardly complaining that he's not going to the line enough. And then people who's claiming that he's, um, yeah, what's the word I'm looking for here? Because, uh, 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 um, you know, he, the, the way that he obtains fouls while shooting threes by kicking his leg out. Yeah. The Reggie Miller, as I like yeah. to call it. The, so being a basically a poor, yeah, you know, basically being a poor sportsman, you know, he's 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 taking it too far with the rules in terms of how he gets caught, fouls called on him. I'm like, dude, calm down. This is something that's been going on for um, for years in the NBA. Don't get on Harden for doing something that players have done in the past. It is what it is. Even the foul gets called or it doesn't. It, uh, just play basketball. Stop worrying about small. Stop worrying about the small stuff and worry about the stuff that you can control, like turnovers, so right. that you can win these games. Right. Exactly. So we'll see. I mean, I, I just it's going to be disappointing once Houston gets swept out of the playoffs. I still think it's going to happen <laughs> the way they play the first two games. I'm sorry. I mean, I was hoping this would go to seven with each team running on, on the opposing home floor at least once. Mm-hmm. But it's just it's just Houston is it's just more interested in bitching and playing about the officiating than actually playing the damn game. And it's just, it's just, it's just too bad. It's really too bad. Um, yeah. Last thing about the playoffs before we, we kind of wrap this show up, like with one last segment. Um, what's up with Joel and B to his knees? I mean, he is so overweight. I mean, it's, you know, I'm just afraid that this kid's gonna like he's, he's gonna injure himself right out of the league. I mean, he so has so he's so talented, and yet he had how many knee procedures before the age of 25? And he's, you know, had, he's, a, he's had a lot of work done. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah, he's over 300 pounds. He's he's the best player, one of the best, the, the second best player in the series with Toronto. The other one mm-hmm. being, of course, Kawhi Leonard. But I mean. He really needs him, but he he 
He's not still not at a hundred percent, and the only reason why this still is because of Jimmy. I almost call him Jimmy Walker. Uh, <laughs> with Jimmy, out, yeah, but like a, because of his his heroics. I mean, is is there? I mean, is Philly going to be one of those teams where we're going to be like, damn, what if? In terms of um, you know, of 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 them just totally underachieving and not really. Like achieving the like yeah, getting their full potential. I mean, because they're so damn talented, but and we all know that they're not deep outside of starting five, maybe one mm-hmm. person off the bench in McConnell. But I mean, it's just it's just it's just too bad that we may not see the process go all the way through. So you know, it, it, it just looks like this. I mean, you know, yes, I, and I know they won game two in Toronto, but I still think this is Toronto's series to lose. So, mm-hmm. give me like give me your thoughts on 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 Philly and is or it, it Joel Embiid in, in particular and it's is this to be possibly the beginning of the end the end of this like uh, for this kid? Now I didn't hear the details on his knee. What, what's going on exactly? Is, is, so if it's a, a, a knee situation, how bad is it? My guess is that he's out for the remainder of the playoffs. Am I correct? Well, he—that's a good question. But he missed—he missed game one of the of the of of, of the Toronto series. Um, okay. And he got it out. He he got it out in game two. And keep in mind, he missed one of the games and or two of the games, I think, in the series with 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 the Nets. So, yeah. So I mean, it's it's I, I mean I I just don't know what this kid needs, man. I mean. You know what? Yeah, I mean, for his sake, yeah. I hope he figures it out or is figuring it out now. I know there's nothing he can mm-hmm. do about it at this very moment, right? But hopefully this yep. summer, he learns to lose weight, cut that weight, so it's not putting the pressure on love, yeah. the knees, you know, like it currently is. Because if he doesn't, yeah, then yes, you're right. This could be very well a situation where we wonder what in the world this team could have been, right? Because, yes, they yeah. have the, the, the talent currently at the at the starting five. If there's a way that they can start getting depth to that team as this team continues to develop, this team will be real tough. But that's the thing. They're going to need those things to fall in line in terms of getting the depth, keeping the current talent that they do have, and then be losing the weight so that he can stay on the floor. They're not going to be able to win series without him. But they're not going to be able to win. But they're not going to be able to go deep in the NBA playoffs without him, unless they're super deep. And I don't see that happening with with Philly anytime soon. So yeah, dude, if he can go ahead and start losing this weight come this summer, take that that pressure so his knees don't take that pound, and he should be fine, or he should at least get better. But um, yeah, he's gonna he's gonna have to be cognizant of that. If not, man, it is what it is, man. We're just going to end up um, seeing another uh, young talent wasted, man. Yeah. And one last thing in the NBA playoffs, a lot of people said that was the last thing, but one last thing in the NBA playoffs. Um, this Boston-Milwaukee series sounds to be a good one, man. I mean, Milwaukee yeah. ended up in one game two last night. I mean, kicked the crap out of Boston after Boston did them in game one. Um Looks like, um, you know, the, I guess a formula to solving that Celtics defense is not having just Giannis hit threes, but 
have Chris Middleton and the rest of his, his teammates catch fire from deep as well because that Boston's clogging the lane and daring uh, 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 Giannis to, to like to beat him outside. But it still happens that the rest of his teammates caught fire, and even Giannis caught fire from outside. So I don't know if it's going to last a game for game three in Boston, but this is able to be pretty damn good series, and I'm all for it. I know what they better not do is continue Uh-oh. to do what they're doing in terms of Chris Middleton. They should know by now that this dude can hit threes um, in any type of situation. So if everyone else, along with um, Middleton, to continue to, to, to shoot well from outside the perimeter, then it's going to be a very long series for Boston. Right. Right, I agree. I agree with that, but we'll see. But uh, we're going to get we're going to close the show on this. This is really special. It's something that I hadn't done for the past three weeks. It's three weeks too late, but I'm gonna start now. And I know, Dean, you don't watch this show for some reason. I don't know if I'm gonna try <laughs> and get you to the show or not. But this is starting my inaugural. On the Clown Hour, the inaugural Game of Thrones uh, Top 10 Ranking. And uh, so the music's probably going in the back. I hope it is. I'm a, like, like, I, like I, um, I put together a rent earlier today, so I'm going to go from, from backwards to forwards and hope that that makes a little sense. Now, I ranked eight right. guys, eight, eight characters from Game of Thrones. Um... So I'll give you the two that are outside looking in. Samuel Tarley and the Hound. So Samuel Tarley, like he he was he he's a brother large fellow who's a good friend of John Snow's, but he likes to whine and cry instead of fight. He did a lot of that in this past episode. The Hound <laughs> is a big tough guy who for some reason was crying like uh, was crying like a little child in the corner when the when the White Walkers were attacking. And it took Arya Stark shaming him and to remember that he is the Hound for a reason. And we'll get to uh, Arya shortly. Number eight in my power ranking, Jon Snow. I have a lot of love for Jon Snow. He's a straight-up idiot. Just an idiot. <laughs> All season long. <laughs> That's enough about him. Let's move to number seven. Draw Mormont from the House of Mormont. He's a hell of a fighter. He went like a champion that seen with Daenerys Targaryen more her in a minute. But he's that guy who won't give up on his crush, right? His crush being Daenerys. And and mm-hmm. she friends on him the entire the entire series. Yet he still stand for her to the very, very end. But, you know, hey, he went on like a champ and um I, I, I you know, I can't really fault him for that, but just for the fact that he allowed himself to be friend zone until the very end by Daenerys. Speaking of which, <laughs> at number six, Daenerys Targaryen. Now, look, she fought well at the, during the Battle of Winterfell, especially when a dragon was, was, was taken out for the sky by some crazy-ass uh, uh, White Walkers. And, um, you know, my only thing is, and I'll restart that up again for all of us here, we, uh, but my only thing is, I, I know I'm not the only person knows that she used Jorah Mormont as a human shield, right? When, like when, like, like the scene where he got stabbed, one of his first, one of his many stabbings, 
she took my boy by the by the gruff of his neck, put it in front of her, and got stabbed. Oh, I'm like, are you for real? Come on, man. Really? <laughs> come on, Daenerys. You're better than that. You're better than that. Anyway, number five, Jamie Lannister from the house from like from House Lannister, um, who rules, who's, who's like the who's, who like his family's ruling over the Seven Kingdoms of Westeros. Now he's a redemption story. Like he's the only one who came from King's Landing to help with the North against the White Walkers. Even after Queen Cersei, the Queen Bee at the moment, reneled on a on a promise to help Jon Snow and company. He fought well. And uh, I gotta give it up for him, and and especially after the scene where he knighted Brienne Tarth. Speaking of which, in number four, she she like Brienne herself, she took all those White Walkers. She was courageous, stood up awesome, and she was deserving of her being knighted by one Jamie Lannister. She has a lot of redeeming qualities. Look for her and Jamie to hook up later in the season. Number three, Theon Greyjoy. He's a dude that got his ding dong chopped off by crazy ass uh, Ramsey Bolton, and I think was five. Yeah, he he, called, he got his wee wee caught by by a, a even crazy guy. But at any rate, I got him rated high he only mean, because man. he fought well and took off. <laughs> he fought for Bran Stark and with the Stark family, got himself killed by the White Walkers. Doing so, he he he, he actually made up for. Turn on the Starks earlier in the series for House Bolton. No, no, I'm sorry, for House Greyjoy, only to be double crossed by Bolton. Number two, Lady Mormont. She is a young badass who's the, who's the head of House Mormont, who's also the aforementioned Jorah Mormont's cousin. And, you know, she went out like a chick. She's been a boss all season long, dude. And she's been a boss since. Like you know, a few seasons ago when she was introduced on the scene. But at any rate, long story short, she died at the hands of a giant zombie giant after she stabbed him in the eye. She screamed, jumped up in the air while he picked her up, jumped up and stabbed that dude in the eye. Badass, badass. But unfortunately, his his heavy ass came falling down and crushed her in the process. Too bad, too sad, and that's the house <laughs> format as a result. There's no more, but hey, she's a badass in my book. And number one, number one, Arya Stark. I could go on about how she's going to a legit badass in season one. I mean, she can fight. She's a lady of, she's a, now the lady of many faces. But all that needs to be said is this, bro. She only killed any White Walker. But the Night King himself. Yeah. The MF of Night King. The mother love of Night King. She took him out. That's it. That's my ranking. She's the top dog for this week. She's probably going to be the favorite to be the top dog next week. And <laughs> I hope y'all enjoyed this this ranking of mine. Hell, I enjoyed it too. I'm out of breath. I'm about to wrap this shit up. <laughs> anyway. <laughs> Thank y'all. Tuning in. On that note, to the clown hour, let's wrap this shit up. Thank you, D D Nice, for tuning in, for helping me out. No Talk problem. Again next week, bro. All right, yes, now. Yes, sir. Have all of you all out right. there. Oh six. Good night. Peace out. Stay dry. Have a good weekend.